0: Right. So when you're done, uh, they're doing the call up for, no, for, for the... Right. Well,
1: the. When we're done with
0: when we're done broken vessels,
1: they're doing the Ryan's thing. Right. Right. Okay. And so. Okay. Yeah. Bro- so I'm. You got yeah, right.
0: Okay. Good. You got you. Okay, good. You got you. All right. Yeah. 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 I'm like, what's
2: what's happening? How oh, do you use <laughs> oh, oh, my hands? <laughs> okay, well,
0: <that's> <laughs> All right. Um, okay, we are good. We are good. We are good. That's cute. I know. I love it. It's perfect size, huh?
2: Um, uh, do you know your children don't have underwear? I'll try to get them Calgary. They go, I really messed this up, sorry.
3: Heather, Heather, no. <laughs> Karen ruined it. <laughs> nuts, nuts
0: I'm gonna be on Zoom. is <laughs> there <go>. watching. There's <laughs> gonna be like three people here. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs>
2: the spirit will
0: be here. I mean, I Amen. Mean, Amen, dude. Their big
2: table, That's kinda
0: cool. Yeah, that is cool.
2: Kinda
0: cool. The kilt. I want to know the story. Did he lose a bet or? No. Oh, <laughs> well,
4: it's a joke. Like, he's, he's there. No, it's it's fine. Fine. And he's
5: for, um,
2: Communion. I,
4: go like, no,
5: not.
0: Not. I almost wore my. I slept with the pasta T-shirt. <laughs> she wear that every day I know. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> I, I, that. I did too. I told her I was like, I'm sorry. I just think that's awesome. <laughs> oh, okay. said, I'm going
4: to go buy one of those. I said, Well, it might. <laughs> it might be a little confusing. <laughs> yeah. She's like, Every man's a pastor when they come home. <laughs> Okay, you wear the church. Man, this, do this is gonna be. Here comes some interesting conversations. Because <laughs> that's the rule. I'm not allowed to wear anything on a church. That's just kind
2: of a funny thing. I'm only allowed to wear that shirt here. And <laughs> makes sense. It was appropriate for everybody. I just turned around. Like, I kept it out.
0: It was like, you just turned around. I'm not gonna be attended. <laughs> I slept with the pastor. That was awesome. Only
2: three times. <laughs> right. I don't.
0: The, after I had the. <laughs> After I had that talk with Luke, the next day, the next day we're at church, and he's like, Doug and Carrie, the Tutans, like, you could see him in church, like, just overwhelming him, like it was almost heavy for his brain, he's like, oh my gosh, they do it, they do it, they do it, and my, yeah, my son's like, dad, so how many times do you have to do it? I'm like, every opportunity that I get <laughs> as, a day. as often it's called fertilizing son it's called fertilizing <laughs> so, that was the best story the whole thing I know it's the best story as soon as he started going there as soon as he was setting it up I'm like he, he went for he, he went for the fertilizer like and Heather, and Heather goes oh no I'm like oh yeah oh I know exactly where he's going That's perfect
1: Afterward, he's like, like he shuts down. He's, he's such an introvert. Like he's, he's just totally
6: like that. were Doug and, and Greg. They're like, okay, ready? Like we're done with this meeting, okay? And okay. So week, but he's check, such check, check. Hello, like, hello, Check. It's not on. I need to be on. So, he's
0: got a, such a good sense of humor too. Like, like he just—he doesn't have to work at it. It just kind of—it's just his character. Like it makes it easy to listen to. Um,
1: my favorite flip flops.
0: Well, I'll take off my shoes and socks, make everybody feel People are like, are we supposed to have this holy ground? I oh, don't what's going on in here. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it? I take good. off your sandals, man. For me. Have you seen The Chosen? Have you watched The Chosen yet? Oh, I love it. It's Chosen. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. The conversation with Elijah. Oh, my gosh. give gives me goosebumps. Is so uh, or would, Nicodemus? Knowledge and Nicodemus. I, mean, I need to, to, to uh, Do you, you want, want to
4: join you me Acts uh, chapter 4.
0: Do you want me to say something?
7: No, 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 no. no. Um, Matthew, next, Mark, you know, Mark no
0: John, and Ah, uh,
6: yeah. Acts okay. um, Welcome back to the family from your, your 7000 mile whatever 1500 day 3000 hour adventure across the country for those who don't know they drove across the country to New York as if that's not far enough they went by way of Georgia they either have never seen a map of the United States or they just really love to drive um but it's good to have uh, you back. all
0: the colors together There's but it doesn't make a very good thing. brown really sure with just red green and blue
6: it's so, oh, Doesn't uh, really work. Our time of prayer today, and I'm going to do it. Um, I've loved how the Lord has just used this time. Like depending on who was leading, it's been different each Sunday. Different people have done different things. We've led through um, everything from just um, reminders of who Christ says we are with little strips of paper on our table. We've been reminded that I know because um, we got to keep the um, heat um, out. Praying through the weekly prayer pointers that are on the back of your bulletin or in your bulletin wherever they are nowadays. Um, but I want to just kind of go back to where we started. So when we first know. why we even decided that's why I just to, said it, it doesn't make a very good brown Sunday gatherings with prayer. And I'm not talking about on Pentecost, which was whatever like nine nine or ten weeks ago when we started gathering here. I'm talking about like 15 months ago. So 15 months ago, after much discussion with the elders, we rearranged our order of service. In, in some ways back at Sierra Verde Elementary School and we because we wanted to commit to taking prayer out of the classroom that we were meeting in for pre-service prayer and move it into the main room and make it a make it a bigger part of our of our gathering. And then and then as the Lord would see fit when we had to shut down for eleven weeks and zoom our and our um, our gatherings when we were able to come back here we just said let's take it to the next step and let's actually just like incorporated into the entire time. So rather than have it still be sort of pre-service prayer, which we had at Sierra Verde, but in the main room, let's just make it, it is just part of the gathered people of God. When God's people gather, it's clear in the word of God that they gather to, to talk about the word of God, to pray together, to break bread, have communion, and to fellowship. And we've always been about that. And now it's just so exciting for me to see like that actually happening as people are coming up and saying, okay, "I just I need to pray for this," or even after music gets started, going, "You know what? The Lord has just hit me with something." And, and so I, I share all of that to say, "Let the Spirit lead you in this time, right? Like if and 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 be responsive to Him." One of the hardest things is we've been kind of moving through. Um, if, if you're sitting here sometimes and you're going, "You know, um, I don't really know if this is me or if it's the Holy Spirit telling me to," I, I wouldn't. That that wrestle is really is real. Like I don't know if I'm supposed to be reading this passage right now or I. I everybody who has been on. I put page those in your bag. Sorry. That oh, yeah, no you did I'm Like is it is it really the Holy Spirit or is this just dog in his agenda? I want to encourage you to step into that moment. Like if if the Lord if during our prayer time today, if the Lord's prompting you to pray something or to read a passage, but you're having that wrestle of yeah, but is this really what I'm supposed to do, Lord? I want to. I just want to invite you into saying yes. I want to say, just say yes and do it, and see what the Holy Spirit does with it and with you. If you, if you don't feel comfortable coming up and praying, for God not, that's okay. Raise your hand. And we will bring the mic to you, and you, can, you can, can pray where you're spirit. at. You're need
0: pa- yeah, a order service, you. but I got it.
6: it's just letting lead you. Um, and and I, the, the sort of the phrase we've been using a lot in our lead team time is we're. I, I feel like we're finally getting out of the Holy Spirit's way. Right? We're not putting the brakes on the Holy Spirit all the time throughout our Sunday gathering going, okay, now's the time for music, okay, now's the time for teaching, okay, now's the time for prayer. It's all just one glorious mess, and we're seeing um, Him make it beautiful. So Acts chapter 4, this was the passage, this was one of the couple of passages the Lord hit me with like two and a half years ago, to oh, yeah, yeah. For revival, here, here. which is what led us to rearranging our services 15 yeah. months that's ago at Sierra Verde, right. which is what led us To even being more bold about how we're doing it now, here since Pentecost, nine or ten weeks ago. So, in Acts chapter 4, I'm going to start in verse 23. This was the passage we read on that first Sunday that we gathered for prayer in the main room. And Peter and John have been arrested multiple times, they have been um, threatened multiple times with their very lives, they have been beaten, they are released. And this is the church is the just birthed, and, and look at what they do. It says in verse 23 it says, when they, had, when they were released, they went to their own companions. They didn't go home, they didn't go hide, they didn't go um, just hang out with their family. They went to the church. It says, When they were released, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they lifted their voices to God with one accord. Guys, do you remember that? That's why we say amen, right? When somebody prays, that is your way of being of one accord. You are, when we say amen after somebody prays something, or in Jesus' name, amen, what you're saying is, I agree. So be it, God. Let that happen. So we need to be an amening church if we're a unified. Amen. Thank you. If we're a unified church, we are an amening church. And it goes on and he says, um, O Lord, so this is Peter speaking, O Lord, it is you who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. So he starts with praise. So so one of the things we can pray today is just praising God for who he is and what he's done. That he is an amazing God who, even in the midst of all the chaos in the world, is um, still the creator and sustainer of all things. And then he goes on and he says... um, You who by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your father David, that's King David, your servant, now he's going to use the Old Testament. He's going to tell God's story. He's saying David, who lived and reigned a thousand years before Christ came, said this, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people devise futile things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Guys, do you you understand what what just happened there? God is called, or David, the Holy Spirit, is moving on the heart of King David a thousand years before Jesus even came to call God's shot today. Peter is saying, guys, we got to recognize God is telling a story. And the fact that we have gotten arrested and beaten and told to be quiet or told to wear masks or told to whatever doesn't change God's story. Because God's story isn't about us. God's story is about Jesus Christ from beginning to end. And he says, For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servants Jesus, who you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and all the people of Israel. He's saying all these people were against Jesus, but they were just tools. He's like, in verse 28, to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. God's, the crucifixion was not a mistake in God's story. It was on purpose. And we need to celebrate the cross. That's why we do communion. We need to celebrate and say, thank you, Lord, for telling a story of sacrifice, of your own sacrifice. And now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant your bondservants that they may speak your word with confidence while you extend your hand to heal. And we need to pray for healing. We need to pray for physical healing, especially during this time. But way more than that, we need to pray for spiritual healing. Because what's going on in the world and what's been going on in the world from the beginning isn't a virus. It's sin. Right? And the only antidote for sin is not a vaccine, it's the cross of Jesus Christ. And so we need to be praying. Yes, when you know someone who's sick, whether it's from COVID or from whatever, and we're going to pray for healing today, physical healing, we need to pray for that. The Word tells us to pray for that. But we need to, even more than that, be praying for spiritual healing. Because physical healing, like all the rest of this, is temporary. Spiritual healing is eternal. So last couple of verses, and then we're just going to go into the – just, I'm just going to open it up, and we're going to pray – for the rest of the time as you feel led to pray. So I hope you're listening to the Spirit's voice. He says, so you extend your hand to heal, and signs and wonders take place through the name of your servant Jesus. And it says, and when they prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Pray with me. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for that truth. I thank you for the truth that you are a a grace-giving, storytelling God. I thank you for the truth that there is nothing that happens in my life, in the lives of these sweet souls in front of me, or in the world that is not part of your predetermined plan. There are no rogue molecules, let alone people. So, Lord, I pray that we would remember that, that we would remember who you are. That you're a God who is in control of all things. And you promise to do all things for our good and your glory. For those that love you and are called according to your purpose. Lord, that doesn't mean that we have a life of pleasantness. Because Jesus didn't. Your predetermined plan for him was to live a hard life. And not just the cross. His whole life was hard. His family didn't understand him The people rejected him. People mocked him. And yet, he pursued them. He pursued his family. He pursued the people that were against him. He pursued your plan, and that walked him to a cross. So, Lord, as your people, as we pray for boldness to proclaim your story, your beautiful story of grace, I pray that even if it walks us to our own cross, we would go willingly. We would say like your son did in the garden, not my will, but thy will be done. That we would be sensitive to your spirit. We would listen for your voice. Even now, Lord, I pray I want to pray just, just for the next few seconds that in, the, in the stillness that your Holy Spirit would tune our ears to your voice. Lord, I pray for each of the souls that are here and those that are going to come in. Lord, I pray that the spiritual eyes of our hearts would be open to what you would have for us today whether it be during the time of prayer or praise or the time in the word together or in, our, in communion, that, that we would just be open. That we wouldn't have our hands clenched and our hearts closed, but that we would have open hands and open hearts for what you would have for us. And that might look like a conversation with somebody, and it might look like something that your spirit is telling us to do right now, um, it, it, w- but we would just be open to it. There is no shame here. There is no guilt here. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I, I compel Satan and his discouragement and his accusations away from this place. That every moment that somebody hears a little whisper about how we're not worthy or we're not good or we can't, or what, that that is from the enemy and there is no room for that here because your cross covers that. We are free in Christ. So we are free indeed. May we live as free men and women and children. Lord, I pray now that as we just continue to pray through you and to you and for you and for one another, that that it would be a time of edification and encouragement and glorification of you. I pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said,
0: Amen. Just pray as you feel led. Yeah, one thing that Doug was praying was that the ground shakes when you show up, Lord. And I wanted to read Psalm uh, 114 this morning, which reads uh, When Israel went out from Egypt, the house of Jacob, from a people of a strange language, uh, Judah became his sanctuary, Israel, his dominion. The sea looked and fled. Jordan turned back. The mountain skipped like rams, the hills like lambs. It's talking about when Moses went to the mountain on Sinai to introduce God to the people, and the mountain literally quaked. Verse 5, what ails you, O sea, that you flee? O Jordan, that you turn back. O mountains, that you skip like rams. O hills, like lambs. Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord at the presence of the God of Jacob, who turns the rock into a pool of water, the flint into a spring of water. God, when you show up, the ground quakes, because the creator, the created knows its creator, and Lord, I'm, I want to ask that you would send your Holy Spirit today on this place, just like you did at the Pentecost that Doug was speaking of, where the ground shook, because you showed up, and Lord, if you don't you don't shake the foundation of this building, I pray that you would shake the foundation of our hearts. That we would... <clears throat> Lord, that we would be ready to see you. That we would be like the rest of, the rest of creation that knows its creator. Uh, Lord, I pray that we would have humble hearts. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear your voice this morning. Lord, I pray that you would light a fire in our hearts uh, that we cannot contain, uh, that leads us out uh, no matter what the circumstances that we face, that we do it proclaiming the joy that we have in a Savior that loved us enough to go to the cross. Uh, and Lord, uh, you, you tell us in your word to follow you means that we have to die to ourselves every single day and pick up our cross to follow you. Uh, and that's no less than what you did for us. So Lord, I pray that we would have the strength and the courage to follow you into whatever it is you call us to do, in the face of whatever danger is standing and waiting and telling us we can't. Lord, we ask for your mercy and grace. Amen.
8: Father, I just want to thank you for the married couples here. We just came from a beautiful retreat, and your spirit was there. Just Thank you for my lovely wife, Mimi. Thank you for all the husbands and wives out there who care very deeply about each other, and your spirit is present with them. Just draw them closer to you and to each other, and let the... Darts of the enemy just fall away. Let them continually look to you and resist any temptation from the evil one. Just bless all the married couples here and bless their families. Uh, Jesus himself said, let the little ones come to me, but we cannot enter the, the kingdom of heaven unless we're like these little ones. So bless the families as well. And just let the, the, the parents be a blessing as they are a blessing to each other in Jesus' name.
7: Father, you are a good, good God. Your mercies endure forever. You held na- nothing back from us. Nothing. You spared nothing. You gave it all. Jesus, Yeshua, you are our everything. You didn't just perform a saving act. You are salvation. Holy Spirit, you teach us all things. And the word I hear from you today is America. Take on the heart of that moment of the rich young ruler. That was called to give up everything Lord, you have blessed America We have been richer than any nation that's ever existed And yet we see judgment We see trial And Lord, I feel that in my spirit You're calling us To give up everything That we have our faith in Our pensions you want us to take on a heart as if we have no pension. Our careers take on a heart as if we have no career. Our homes take on a heart as if we own no homes. Everything. You gave everything. And that's what you're calling us to do. Give everything in our hearts that is that is an idol, that is grabbing our idolatry cast it away put all of our hope all of our faith faith all of our trust into the great i am who spoke the world into existence that's what i hear from you lord god give us a heart that says we are willing to give it all up for you that we would walk in this time in this season not in fear fear has gripped the unbeliever No, no, I see faith. Rise up, kings and priests. In our kinghood, declare truth. Demand repentance. And in our priesthood, intercession. Intercede that the scales would fall off of the blind. And that they would see the only way to salvation is Jesus, Yeshua, salvation. There's nothing we should put our our hope in other than Jesus. Nothing. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And everything that's made from God will stand. In Jesus' name, amen.
9: Lord, after Pastor Doug read from Acts 4, the the verse he stopped at was in my heart, and as I had a chance to speak with these younger men, Lord, I just lift up, what would be the heart of unmet expectations? What would be the heart of plans that don't seem to come to fruition according to our life? And what would be the heart of a man or a woman who would be willing to stand in front of others and say, I stand for you because you died for me? What would be that heart? And your word tells us in verse 32 of Acts chapter 4, it says, in the congregation of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And so, Lord, I do pray for our congregation. What is it do we believe? What do we believe as a church? What do we believe? Do we believe that the Bible is the unfailing, never-ending, everlasting story of your people of a God who loves us and gave his son to die on a cross for us. Do we believe that? Do we live for that? If we have one heart and one soul, Lord, I pray right now over our church that we would come together and not be, I look around as individual tables, but as one room full of people right now just sitting in places where we can be. We are not individual people. We are making up the congregation. The congregation comes to the community. The congregation then pushes into people committed to our mission. Lord, I pray for that committed mindset, that heart that would level any kind of expectations. Lord, if you call us to go, you have already, already equipped us. If you call us to stay, Lord, you already have given us the patience to do that. If you call us into being married or being parents or whatever you call us into, you have already given us everything we need for life and happiness in that way. So, Lord, I pray for our church and our congregation to be of one heart and one soul under one God and one Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's his name I pray. Amen.
4: Now it came to pass upon the day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said unto the young man that bare his armor, Come, let us go over to the Philistine garrison that is on the other side. And his armor bearer said unto him, Do all that is in thine heart. Turn thee. Behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. We need to be on kingdom purpose. We need to follow kingdom people. I was hearing today, Scott McAllister's telling me how they're building latrines over in Kenya. They are getting ready to set the captives free, a family from slavery in Pakistan. Now guys, when we stand up for Jesus, and we are on kingdom business, we are going to get persecuted by the enemy. There's a huge target on our chest. The McAllister's need prayer right now. So anyone who wants to lay hands on them, come on over and let's lay hands on them. Stephanie's back. She threw her back out. Jaden has an infection in her jaw. This is, there's a reason for this. The reason is God's people are here to come and pray. And we are gonna be like the armor bearers and say our heart is with you. You are on kingdom minded purpose. We wanna be a part of this. And we wanna see the captives free. We wanna see your hand of provision and protection over this family, Lord, as they go on mission full forward for you. So Lord Jesus, I just ask your healing touch. Abba, I pray your blood over Stephanie's back. Lord Jesus, touch Jaden's jaw right now. Remove the infection. Allow them to walk out in freedom and truth, shouting your name on high, Lord, that you have freed them from this as they bow down on their face and worship. For your glory and your glory alone, Lord. Yes, Lord. It is all about you. Remove us from this equation and just shine. As we know, Jonathan and that armor bearer climbed that hill. They fought against the Philistine army and the Lord crushed them. He shook the ground that they were standing on and destroyed the army in front of them. The Lord God Almighty is the one fighting for us. Thank you, Jesus. Your healing touch, your power, your provision, you are everything. Thank you for this family. Move, Lord Jesus.
10: worthy
6: to open the book and break its seals and no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the book and i began to weep because no one was found worthy to open the book and one of the elders said to me stop weeping behold the lion that is of the tribe of judah the root of david has come so as to open the book and the seven seals And I saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elder, a lamb standing as if slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out on all the earth. And he came and he took the book out of the right hand of God who sat on the throne. And after he had taken the book, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down and worshiped the lamb they sang a song saying, worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals. For you were slain and purchased for God with your blood men from every tribe and tongue and nation. Thank you, Jesus. When
1: the Lamb opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Then I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to them. And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer which holds incense, and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel.
5: And rise day and night, night and David and sense arise. day and night, night and day and sent.
6: for the reading of God's Word. We will stay in an attitude of prayer. You can continue to pray, and uh, we're going to read out of James chapter 1. Daniel will be teaching today out of James chapter 5, talking about um, staying positive and patient in the middle of struggles. And this has been an ongoing theme in the book of James, um, because like all the disciples James lived a hard life so the half-brother of Jesus James says this in James 1 starting in verse 1 James a bond servant of God and the Lord Jesus to the 12 tribes who are dispersed abroad greetings consider it joy my brother when you encounter various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfecting result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Now if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives, all to give, gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not expect to receive anything from the Lord, being double-minded and unstable in all his ways but the brother of humble circumstances is to glory in his high position and the rich man is to glory in his humiliation because like flowering grass he will pass away for the sun rises with the scorching and withering of the grass and the flower falls off and the beauty of its appearance is destroyed so too the rich man in the midst of the pursuit of his pursuits will fade but blessed is the man who perseveres under trial for once he has been approved he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him let no one who say who is tempted that he's been tempted by God for God is not tempted by evil and he himself tempts no one but each one of you is carried away When you are enticed by your own lust. And when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Pray with me. Father, I just... I come before you and my brothers and sisters, and we stand with one accord and in one voice. We say, thank you, Jesus. We say thank you for your willingness to live a life you did not need to live, to die a death you did not need to die, that we might live life eternally with you. Lord, I thank you for the testimony that we've already heard of answered prayer in Stephanie standing up and feeling no pain in her back. Lord, we give you the praise and the glory and the honor for that. Lord, we pray that you will continue to move on her and that family. We pray for others in this room that need healing. Physical healing. Spiritual healing. Lord, we pray for those that are not in this room. Lord, I want to pray specifically for for just for your church globally. Lord, that that you are you are getting your people's attention. You are crying out to your people, come out of her, come out of the world and look up to me. Remember who I am and what I've done and what I've, who I call you. We are precious in your sight. We are priceless in your sight. But I I feel like there's somebody in here or somebody's in here that, that right now feel Worthless. The enemy is beating them up about this, of how they've lived this past week or um, they just have never really had anybody look at them and said, you are fully known and deeply loved. But I want to pray for whoever those people are that they would reach out. They would reach out to a brother or sister next to them, that they would reach out even in this moment and say, I need deliverance from that bondage. That's true for us even who are believers, that we get, we get caught up in our own junk. Lord, this is a safe place. Let us be released from that junk. Let us be overcome with the truth that, that, that the, you died for that. Lord, and not just here, but, but for your people everywhere, that we would live in the power and the freedom, even in the midst of the pain and the struggle especially in the midst of the pain and the struggle, because of what we just read, what we're going to hear about today. Lord, I pray that as we continue to worship you, you would continue to do what you have already done. You would move on hearts. You would open eyes, that you would be with Daniel as he preaches your word, that you would be with the music team as they proclaim your praise, that you would be in our hearts, Lord, overflowing. But our souls, my soul needs this let us just soak you in that we would be partakers of and revealers of your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
5: we
0: Let's pray. Lord, you are the lion of Judah. Who can stop you? The answer is no one. No one can stop you. You are all powerful. Nothing could kill you. Which means you had to allow yourself to die for your good pleasure and for your good purpose to fulfill your plan and your story. Thank you for being a mighty king. Thank you for being a worthy king, a worthy leader. And Lord, as I think over the notes that that are in front of me, I am not worthy to give this message so, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come and that you would give this message. And that's what I pray. I pray that I would, I would be with the rest of everyone else and just watch you speak. That's what I pray. And Jesus, in your mighty name, Abba Father, we love you. You are amazing and you are mighty. Thank you for this united group of believers that will show faith that we have a king that moves. Lord, thank you for your, your witness already this morning, that you are capable of all things. So, Lord, we, we just praise your name, and uh, we thank you for who you are. Amen. Please be seated. Um, man, what a time of prayer this morning. I don't even feel like I need to teach anything. Um. So uh, this morning, we're continuing our, our series in James, and because of our break through COVID and family vacations and just the way things are, uh, when I was asked to teach this, I was like, man, I got to go back and review. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give us a, a brief recap so that we can jump into this, the part of Scripture where we are at today, uh, but also give you a little bit of history on what we've been learning in, this, in the series of, of James, okay? So James was the half-brother of Jesus— he was murdered for his faith not long after he wrote this uh, book. But he was also an elder of of the mother church in Jerusalem. So uh, think of this letter to not just a church that's struggling. This is a, a letter that's written to all of all believers, all those that, that that love the Lord. Okay, that's us included. But it was written to all those. It was kind of like not kind of. It's a, it's a letter of how to live a sold out life for Christ. Like how. Uh, it, it's it's kind of like sage advice from an elder that's seen and heard and lived through a lot. It was not easy for James. Uh, so he had learned a lot along the way. And he writes down these a bunch of different lessons in this very short but powerful book. Okay, So in, ver- in chapter 2, we examined our hearts regarding favoritism. Uh, and then we, we looked at how faith, apart from works, is dead. In chapter uh, three, we talked about taming the tongue and valuing godly wisdom. In chapter four, uh, there was a warning against worldliness and confronting the lie that we can be our own God, that we can control our own fates. And then finally, last week, uh, we looked at a warning to the rich. And all of us in this room are, are rich. But uh, we talked about how money can so easily control our perspective. Uh, it, can, it can take our eyes off of what, what God wants to do and pointed on our own, uh, on this world, on on our little kingdom. But each of these mini messages are an awesome lesson uh, that uh, that are, each of these mini messages are awesome lessons. They're not, uh, they're different pieces to a whole and that whole uh, is not meant to be a list of do's and don'ts. These are such good lessons that I think a lot of us as Christians go, man, it's easy for our ears to hear it and for our heart to immediately make a checklist of things going, all right, I got to do this and I got to do this and I got to do this and I got to do this for God to love me because this is what I would do if I really loved Christ. This is, what I w- this is the life I would live easily if I loved Jesus. And that's, although it can be a gut punch, it, it's not meant to only be that. Okay, because all these chapters that we've been reading are connected by one central theme that, that it was laid out so beautifully, that he lays out so beautifully in chapter one, which is why I chose it to be the, the calling passage this morning. Uh, <clears throat> because his point is not necessarily the things that you need to do as a checklist. It's way more about showing us and teaching us and telling us that Christianity is not a spectator sport, okay? You can't, you can't just watch the Christian life. You've gotta live it. The call of a Christian is a call to action. So uh, in case you missed it, or in case things were busy, or in case you were praying and you didn't hear, there's a couple bullet points from chapter one that directly connect us to what we're going to learn today in chapter five. So I'm going to point back to James's central theme and why we're going to go into what we're going to teach today. Okay, so two things that I want to hear, want you to rehear from chapter one, verses two through four. It says, "Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let Steadfastness have its full effect That you may be perfect and complete Lacking in nothing So we're being made ready through this So count it all joy uh, Chapter 1 verse 12 says Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial for when he has stood the test He will receive the crown of life Which God has promised to those who love him And then it goes on to say that God doesn't test the hearts, or he doesn't tempt the hearts of man. But it does, the Bible also says, like in Deuteronomy, plenty of places we see over and over in Scripture that God tests to know uh, what our, what's in our hearts. Okay, It's made proof of what's in our hearts by how we respond to the tests that God allows in our life. Do you understand the difference between temptation and test? Okay, so that leads me into today's question. How can we be joyful through trial and even suffering? Let's read uh, what we're going to be looking at today and turn with me to chapter 5. We're going to be starting in verse 7. And we're going to be reading all the way to ver- through verse 11. Okay, it says, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. So it's not really a perfect analogy, not, no analogy ever really is, uh, but this is the, the analogy I'm about to give you is true of, of anything that requires discipline, so uh, truly anything that requires discipline, but I played soccer growing up so we'll stick with that. Training for soccer at a competitive level uh, is pretty intense. The most difficult team I ever played for practiced five and sometimes six times a week uh, for two to four hours a day. And uh, every single one of those practices started uh, with uh, a 20 minute long distance sprint. Not like long distance, run; It was a long distance sprint for 20 minutes. We ran as fast as we could, as far as we could. And at the end of that same practice, we had conditioning that were called PTA sprints, pain, torture, and agony. That's what PTA stood for. Now, um, running was torture. It was never fun. There was ne- there was never a time, yeah, while you're like, who runs? Like, unless you're running from something, why would you ever run? All right. But to play soccer, you've got to be in good condition. So it was not, and it was not uncommon. It, it like it was not uncommon for a dude to be sprinting, vomit without breaking stride, and just keep running. And as you're running on the track, you see somebody, you're like, some man pasta idiot, like. It wasn't uncommon because the coach would push us, push us and push us and push us and push us, and there was no mercy. If you didn't want to play, there were other, five other guys that wanted your seat on the team. And not only that, if you wanted to start, you had to be the best of the best. Okay? So when it came to conditioning, you didn't ask. You just did. Okay? So in the sprinting, I never I never went, ooh, let's do soccer practice. Can't get like. Ready for today's warm-up sprint for 20 minutes. Never did that. Never looked forward to it. Always hated it. Always. Always griped about it. When I put on my shoes, I was like, oh, man, let's just get through the first 20 minutes. And then during practice, I'm like, oh, man, 30 minutes of sprints at the end. I never liked it. Never. But I'll tell you that when it came game time, I loved. And I mean, I absolutely loved breaking down my opponent. Loved it. Like, loved it. When I, I don't want to get ahead, but I mean, I loved breaking down my opponent mentally. I loved it because I knew that I was worthy of the task that I had. I knew it. It didn't come during game time. That came through repetition, repetition, repetition of beating myself through the week. Six days a week, we got Sundays off and you're you're back on Monday. So point number one, if you're writing bullet points, my first point is expect fruit. Okay? Verse number seven, I'll read it again. It says, be patient therefore brothers until the coming of the Lord. Shake the ground, I pray for it. Coming of the Lord, come on, come on now. Lord, you're just showing off, man. That was cool. Um, I, I'm gonna read it again. Be patient therefore brothers. Until the coming of the Lord, see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Be patient and trust that God is at work on purpose. The early and the late rains. This talks about the the raining season in Israel where they have early rains and then they have the close of the the season, which they call the late rains. Now, the early rains would come. They would all wait for the rains because that's what softened the soil. It it, It meant that God was preparing the land for them to be able to plant the seeds. Before then, the ground was too hard. But as soon as that was there, work was ready to be done. Get to work. Get to action. We're moving. Okay, but then you don't go out the next day and go, all right, Lord, where's the crops? Where are they at? Planted yesterday, time to reap. They had to be patient. The, the plants needed time to develop. And through that, you, when, when you see the fruit of your labor, it's easy to get anxious. It's easy to be like, oh, man, here it comes. Look at all that livelihood. I can provide for my family. I can, I can go and make some money. Like, this... Thank you, Lord, for the blessings. I'm going to go and reap it right now. And God's saying, wait until my time. The late rains haven't come yet. Because if you harvest your your crops before they're ripe, it's just as good as waiting until they are spoiled. They're no good if they're not ripe. You don't pull a tomato off when it's green. Nobody's going to eat that because it tastes like garbage. So if you pull it beforehand... It's not ripe. It's not ready. So you had to wait again on the timing of the Lord for it to be fulfilled, and then He would bring His last rain, which meant the the food was added. It wasn't going to get any more nourishment at that point. It was all done being prepared. Now it's time to get back to work. Get out there, reap the harvest. Okay. So they had to wait in the front end. They had to wait in the middle, and then to wait for the final the final say so from the Lord. And then okay. So that's what He's talking about. For me, the fruit that I suffered the agony of sprinting and sprinting and sprinting and sprinting, the, the fruit that I had to look forward to was game day. A Soccer game only lasted 90 minutes. It took all the minutes throughout countless weeks to be prepared for that 190 minutes. 190 minutes, and, but I'll tell you what, I, and I'm its gonna sound like I'm bragging, which I probably a little bit am, sorry for that. But I loved, I loved being so conditioned that my opponent, I I could break him down mentally because he was thinking about how he was running. I didn't have to worry about that. I can remember, I remember a time on the soccer field and and I, I played center midfield, which means you have to play offense and you have to play defense. So there's a lot of running required. So I had like of the runners, I also had to be extra conditioned for that position but here's what I loved about this, the center midfield position. You get to be a part of all the plays. So if, you, if, if you're running in those oh, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and you're too tired to run, all you're thinking about is covering your man, keeping up with him, okay? Because you are too exhausted. You just got to keep your, your feet running and being able to stop him from scoring, right? But if you were better conditioned, if you were better at it, you could run him ragged. And if, like... I, I, I remember being on the soccer field and the guy's on his knees and he's going because he's trying to control his breathing and I barely, I barely even warmed up. I'm like, oh man, I'm going to eat your lunch all game. And the guy on the bench waiting to replace him, I'm going to eat his too. I was, so, I was so excited because now while he's trying to keep up with me, I'm playing the game in my head. I'm playing the game with the forwards. I'm playing, I can watch who's, who's, who's being outmanned by their opponent. I can, I can see where they're weak on the field so we can play that strong side. I was playing the game in my head. I wasn't thinking about sucking wind, but that didn't come during the game. That, come, that came through the repetition and, and pain during the week. It was the persistence of pushing myself harder than I would have pushed myself. I had a coach that said, Dan, you better run and you better be the one leading. Okay. That's the, the fruit of your labor, the patient persistence to when it comes game time, you're ready to rock and roll. You can be about the business because you're not worrying about all the other small stuff. <clears throat> so be patient. And so that was, my, that was my fruit as a soccer player. The, the fruit as a Christian relating to this, this passage, be patient until the coming of the Lord. Establish your hearts, establish them, decide for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Will you be ready for your task when he arrives? See, this life is the sprint. This life is the training. This life is all about getting on the field and putting in the work doing it because you know it's not it's not the game yet. But when the game comes, you're not going to want to be as, as best prepared for that as possible. Matthew 16, 27 says, For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. At that point, there's no more time. I... I I'm afraid for the Christians when Jesus shows up and they're like, oh, man, my name's Dan. I'm excited for the Christians that are like, Jesus, my king, no more brokenness. Let's run. There's a huge difference. There's a huge difference. And there are going to be Christians that are in heaven that are going to go, man, I wish I would have trained harder. I really wish I could play this game better. Better. That's this life. It's all we got is one to invest in that time. So how can I be certain? Like, how, how am I certain about what I'm selling you right now? How can I be certain that God is using the trials and tribulations for a future purpose? How do I know that this wasn't just a sincere heartfelt hope from James? Where's this proof for making such a claim? And I would say that that's a fair question. If you are suffering through something, that is a fair question my answer is jesus (laughs) Uh, great but but hear me out jesus was and he is still our perfect example of humbly submitting his will to the will of his father hebrews 2 10 says i'll read e-s-e-n-n-l-t says for it was fitting that he for whom and by whom all things exist in bringing many sons to glory should make should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering the nlt says it this way god for whom and through whom everything was made chose to bring many children into glory and it was only right that he should make Jesus through his suffering a perfect leader fit to bring them into their salvation. Jesus did not want to suffer and die. How do I know that? He said so. He said, Lord, if there's any other way, let's do it that way. But you know what? More importantly than what I want, I'm going to submit to what you want. I'm going to submit to the story that you've been telling since before we did all of this creation stuff he did what his father wanted to do or wanted him to do and because of that salvation was accomplished one day every knee will bow which would have happened regardless because he's the king but now now when every knee bows we're all going to be saying he is worthy he's worthy he's he is absolutely worthy of my praise adoration He's worthy, he's earned it. He was made to be perfect, to be our leader. So expect fruit. Jesus is our example. As we suffer, we are also being made. That means we can know that we are being made ready. Jesus was made ready to be perfect for, the, for his kingdom, for the future, for the game, and the game is coming. I wanna be ready for that game too what we experience in this life and how we respond to it impacts eternity as well as prepares us for it. Now here's, these are the bullet points I'd write down. Choose to submit your will to the Father, okay? That's planting the seed. Choose to submit your will to the Father because the fruit that grows from that is going to be trust and faith, okay? Okay. But we have a choice to, to submit, right, our will to the Father, or we can choose to avoid it. That's also a seed that we can plant, okay? We can choose to avoid it, not press into it, be scared of it, try and run from it. We can plant that seed, but the fruit from that is going to be bitterness and fear. That's, either way, you've got to make a choice, and the fruit from whatever seed you plant is the one that's going to grow, Okay? You have the choice on what you're going to plant. The fruit from what you plant, the seed that you put in the soil is what's going to grow. Either trust and faith in a God that loves you, takes care of you, has died for you, or you're going to run from it, and what you're going to end up with is bitterness and fear. Point number two, that leads me to my, my second point, which is don't grumble against one another. James 5, and I almost skipped this verse completely when I was preparing for this. And I'm so glad I didn't, but James uh, chapter five verse nine says, do not grumble against one another so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. Now we grumble and gripe with each other when we forget point number one. When we forget that there's fruit in this waiting when we forget that there's a perfect God has a purpose for for the waiting uh, for the for there's purpose in this that we start to grumble with one another. John 13:35 says by all this people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This verse does not say do not grumble period. This verse says do not grumble against one another comma. We are human, okay? Technically even Jesus grumbled. Technically he said, "Lord, I don't want my will to be I don't I don't want to do this. If there's another way where I don't have to go on be mercilessly beaten and put up on a cross. Like, can we, can we, we're, we created everything. Can we just circumvent this? But rather I'll do what you want because that story's beautiful and perfect. Okay. So don't like, so technically Jesus grumbled. You can grumble. It's okay to grumble. It's okay to not be okay with your situation. Jesus knows that. Okay. Where this is instructing us is don't grumble against one another. If you, if you think about it like this, like a, a life in a ship at sea, okay? There's plenty of rough life at sea, okay? Where the morale would dip low. <laughs> and you can grumble about the, the marks on your hands from pulling ropes and swabbing the deck and all, you can grumble about that. But it's when you start turning on your shipmates because you just have a bad attitude and you start fighting each other, do you think that ship's gonna go anywhere or do anything or be ready for battle? Absolutely not. So there's camaraderie a lot of times and going, man, I hate pulling ropes. But I'll tell you what, when we're at battle, I wanna know that those guys over there are pulling ropes as fast as we're pulling ropes because we're gonna be at war, right? There's a camaraderie that we are supposed to link arms. We are supposed to be in a shield wall. We're supposed to be covered in prayer. We're supposed to walk this life, bear one another's burdens. How do you know I have a burden? How do you know that you have a back that we should gather around and pray so that we can see the hand of God today if we don't have a grumble? This life is not perfect, and it is broken. I'm going to grumble, but that's when I need my brothers around me to to come alongside me when I'm sprinting going, this is too much. This is too much sprinting. I'm done, I'm quitting the team. This isn't worth it. Where the captain runs behind you goes, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. I just vomited. Run faster. Or we're gonna have more sprints, dude. Run faster. You come alongside those that need it. You bear their burdens and you move together. You show unity, you show love. It's when you're mad enough about your situation that you start punching, you start punching those that love you. This is true kingdom work. Stay focused on the main thing. There's a game coming and you're gonna wanna play in it. Don't stop sprinting. Push harder. There's a purpose. Run faster. And time is short. Hard work can make morale drop. Absolutely. And it's true that misery truly does love company. But so does hope. So does hope. When the morale starts to drop, take your eyes off the pain. Put them back on the game and then encourage one another to run faster, to have hope. Jesus is still healing. I don't want to miss that. In John 17, 20 and 21, the high priestly prayer of Jesus, he prays this, I do not ask for these only, but also for those uh, who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they, may, that they also may be in us, so that, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. When it's not just one idiot on a boat, but when there's an army of boats, there's testimony in that, because it's real. James 5, 9 says, behold, the judge is standing at the door. Things are continually moving faster. Does it seem that way to anybody else? You want to know why? We are running out of time. And there are hearts that need to know Jesus, that still need to hear the good news. We are running out of time. Run faster. Run harder. Do it. Revelation 22, 12 and 13 says, Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one of you what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. You are running out of time. Don't put it off. And remember that walking with somebody can make that burden bearable. When the captain slows down to run next to you, you find extra energy. If he can do it, I can do it. And if he's saying, I can do it, you can do it, you run faster together. That's one thing that we learned in the marriage retreat this weekend. The biggest point for me was do ministry together. Do it together. You are much better off together than you are on your own. Now I'm going to put a thumbtack here because we're going to end with this point, but it's only my second point. Sorry. So before I jump into my third point, I want to do a little exercise, just in case anybody's sleeping. If you have ever experienced a trial or a struggle, and if you haven't, we're going to pray for struggle. We're going to, we're going to pray for it in your life right now. If you don't raise your hand. If you have ever gone through a trial or a struggle, raise your hand. Because this life is difficult, right? Now, I want you to keep them raised if you saw God either deliver you, walk with you through that. Amen. Amen. Now, you have two minutes. Now, I was... <laughs> you have two minutes. One of you that had... That ha- if you have your arms, if you have your hand raised, you have an awesome testimony of a God that walks with you. We all have a testimony from today. I want you to tell your table about your king. That's all I want. That's what I want you to do is talk about how you saw God through your trial. Okay? You have two minutes. Ready? Go. We have a microphone. We have a microphone. Is it live? Okay. 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 Sorry. I know I'm cutting you off. Like, seriously, this is, this is what heaven's gonna be like, by the way. We're all gonna be casting our crowns on. Let me tell you about my king, my personal king that walked with me. That's cool. Right. So before we move on, I know it was real short time, but I want to raise your hand if you have an awesome story that you want to tell everyone else so we can raise your hand. All right, here we go. Okay.
3: Okay, so I was actually gonna share this before one of the songs, but I'll just do it now. So um, no coincidence, I didn't know Daniel was gonna be doing this, but uh, just this last week I had some strife with a brother in Christ um, all week. And I think it was more so I was beating myself up, but if you've ever experienced strife with another brother in Christ, um, I think that's, Way harder than anything we deal with in the world because the devil knows that. And it was a daily, daily, daily struggle. Every single day, the devil was getting after me. And it was pretty much like, oh, you have this counter argument. You have this to say, look at all this ammunition I'm giving you to just totally own this guy, like on the soccer field. (laughs) But it was bad stuff. And um, what was cool was when heads... First started budding, it was uh, James one, two, and four, and God just gave that to me, and He kept reminding me every time I started getting into my head and going, "Oh, I got this." The Spirit would stop and say, "James, just, just, just consider it all joy," and that was something that was just super cool. Is even after the strife and the craziness, consider it all joy. And what's great is. When we finally saw each other at the marriage retreat, there was zero conversation about what we what what our differences was. We just hugged each other and loved on each other. And when I got to tell my wife that she reminded me of First Corinthians 13:13, 13, 13, but now faith, hope, love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. And that, I mean, it's just so cool. Of like I could have I had a whole bag of ammunition I could have dumped on him, and it was just pretty much. None of that matters. Just love each other. And that's what it was. That's what we did. And it was just, like she said, and she, my wife just said, just answer prayer. Amen. And it was just. Was I the guy at the mercy? No, you weren't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you got a. I mean, I, amen, amen, at the mercy of grace. great. No, you were. If you, you got
3: a, a big, big hug from me this weekend and we loved each other, then you were
0: Amen. Fantastic. So that's the body loving each other, looking past differences, ex- extending mercy when he doesn't need to. Um, I would also go further and one step further and say that you are incapable of that kind of forgiveness and mercy without the work of the Lord in, in and through you. Um, okay, so it's, it's, the Christian life is not a spectator sport. You're gonna be called to action you're gonna be called to give mercy when it's not fair. When it's not fair, okay? Sorry, you signed up for soccer team. That's funny, I got one laugh. It's not a spectator sport. You're expected to play. We're going to, we have to play, we have to be ready. So I also wanted to point out the Kids, the, the kids Connect. I want you to look at that real quickly. Uh, If you're not familiar with that story, it's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three young men that are thrown into a fiery trial, literally thrown into a fire. But through it, they got to see Jesus' face before he walked the earth. They They got to see him face to face in the middle of their trial. God could have stopped it. He could have blown out the fire so that they didn't go through it. He chose not to do that because through it, they got to see his face. And the king and a kingdom changed its heart because they, they witnessed a real God walking with his people. Okay, so what you are struggling with, what you are facing, what you are, what you are sprinting through right now, run harder. Because there are people watching. And that could change their heart. The way that we interact with each other, it's important. Which brings me to my third point is realize that our stories allow God to tell his story. Amen. James 5, 10-11 says, As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job and... You have seen the purpose of the Lord. The, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. And he okay, so he picks the servant Job here. <laughs> he picked Noah. He picked Jonah. He picked Job. And I think that there's a lot of power in perspective. A lot of power in perspective. Uh, remember, even in the in your trial, how good you really do have it. Okay. Um, at first, I kind of thought, well, of course he's going to use Job because that's the lowest rung. Like everyone's going to, if you're going to use an example, you don't want anybody to go and think, well, I've got it worse than that. So let's let's use Job because, like, that's a, I mean, that's that's as low, that's as suffering as suffering can be without any explanation. Just God allowing wrath to be dumped out on you for being righteous. What kind of story is that, right? But what we learn is that Job. Through his suffering, God was able to how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. So if you read that story correctly, what you're going to see is a God that's merciful and compassionate, okay? So it's not, that's not his point, uh, me thinking that he was choosing the lowest one. His point is that even in the worst stories or even in the the most difficult circumstances, you can still find the purpose of the Lord in that, that he is compassionate and merciful. You have to look at at past circumstances to see the living God. Take your eyes off of the pain and look towards the fruit. Now, I'm gonna say this part twice because I want you to hear this. God has proven repeatedly He's proven repeatedly that it's his loving kindness and steadfast love for us through our struggles and not our strength, not our good works, that he will reveal himself to us. So God has proven repeatedly that it's his loving kindness and his steadfast love for us through our struggles and not our strength and not our good works that he will reveal himself to us. Even the apostle Paul begs the Lord to take away a thorn from his flesh, which was given to him to keep him humble. He doesn't want to suffer anymore. He wants to get rid of what he, he doesn't want it. Lord, take this from me. I'm done with the trial. I've learned my lesson. Let's move on. How many times have you heard a Christian brother or sister say, I just wish I would learn the lesson so we could move on? What if the trial is, is the purpose? The Apostle Paul begs for this to be removed. He wants to hurry up and get done with it and get back to business. 2 Corinthians twelve seven to 11 reads this. So to keep me from becoming conceited, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in, my, in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecution, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong." Have you ever considered how blessed you are? We consider those blessed who remain steadfast. All the stories that we read in the Bible, not just Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which we're going to read in your daily readings throughout the week, every single one of these stories is, is, not to, is not to look at the man. Not a single thing in here is supposed to highlight mankind, not one Every story in here is to reveal our Creator through countless stories that tell one story. That's why this book is, is, is so powerful because it's telling God's story, it's revealing His nature. Him as a Creator, when, when you read a story, when you read the Bible, when you read the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego this week with your kids or with your spouse, don't look at the faith of the men. Look at the God that walked with them. Why would he give, why would he do that? Why would he allow that? Why would he look at that story? And then when you find that character of God, apply it to your life because he doesn't change. Apply it to whatever situation you're facing because he is, he is steadfast, he is faithful, and he's overwhelming. He never changes. So if you get if you get the right perspective, if your eyes are on the game and you know that what you're going through is trying is training for the game, you're going to see a lot more. You're going to understand a lot more. You're going to take this you're going to take this seriously. It's going to make a, it's going to change who you are. And people will look at your story if not today in the forever and they will go you are blessed. You're blessed because God chose a story to include you where his story is revealed. I want that. Those that don't run, they're going to be looking at your story. Those that don't do the training, even if they're in heaven, the ones that are are going to be like, man, I wish I would have trained a little bit harder. I wish I would have trusted the Lord. I wish I would have walked in faith. They're going to look at those of us walking in faith and they're going to go, man, that's awesome. And you're going to go, had nothing to do with me. It's all his, it was his story. I just got the opportunity to help him tell it. Whatever you're dealing with today, it's not just a back problem. It's not just my, I have a lower back. I'm in here, I'm I'm needing, I'm grumbling. Our church family got to huddle around and go, I believe that God can heal you. I believe that. Now my family gets to walk out of here and tell their friends and tell other people, no, 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 God is still healing. No, 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 God is still moving. No, no, God is still telling the story. He's still doing it. Do you have the faith and the patience to join him in that? Okay, God, I don't get it. Okay, God, I don't like it. But I'll practice. I'll sprint. I'll do it. Because if you can show off through it, then it's going to be worth it. During Saul's mighty conversion to become apostle, Paul... The Lord revealed to Ananias, the one to, to go over, pray over him, and baptize him. He revealed to him, because he was like, no way, I'm not going to go help that guy. He's murdering Christians. He's throwing them in prison. You're you going to be crazy, Lord. I'm not going to go over there and baptize that guy. And the Lord's like, no, no, let me tell you my plan. In Acts 9, 15, and 16, he says, go, said the Lord. The man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings. And before the people of israel i will show him how much he must suffer for my name acts 9 or uh, um, 18 9 18 says if the," or no this is john i'm sorry i have the wrong reference here it says in 18 says if the world hates you know that it has hated me before it hated you if you were of the world the world would love you as its own but because you are not of the world but i i Chose you out of the world, therefore, the world hates you. Don't ask why, we know why. Remember the word that I said to you a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know who they do not know him who sent me. So in that day, remember that you're being, you're being made ready. If eternity is the soccer game uh, that you need to be ready for, I would say that the ones that, that are gonna be most ready for that game are the ones that look like Jesus, okay? <clears throat> if you're being persecuted, it's because you look like him, okay? Remember in that day that going, man, my team captain knows how to play this game. I want to be more like him because when it comes game time, I, I, want, I want to know that I'm running the, the strong side of the field. I want to know that he can lean on me because I am as ready to go as possible, made perfect, ready. So I'm gonna pull that thumbtack out that I, I pushed in earlier. The reason we are, and I didn't, we, we didn't talk about this, like this is totally the Lord. The reason we are to forgive quickly, to love generously, and to keep our eyes on the prize as if the kingdom is coming quickly, because it is, is our stories now, the stories beforehand, all pointed towards a coming Savior. They all talked about a Messiah that was to come. Now that Jesus has come and fulfilled the purpose, the story that we are joining is a united one. It's a united story of how we now point back towards the cross. Our stories can unite and come together. And when we do, it proves that we're not just hearers of the word, we're doers of the word. He had no reason to offer mercy. He had no reason to do that. By world standards, it's eye for an eye. You know what, I do have all this baggage and I am righteous enough to give it to you. He laid that down, not because he's a great guy, but because God went, you're right, you're absolutely right. I'll hear all the grumbling, I'll hear the whole thing, pour it all out, I'm gonna ask you to put it all down. I'm just gonna ask you to put it down, because I'm the judge, you don't have to be the judge. I'm gonna be the judge, am I the judge? Let me take care of it, Let me just let me take care of it. I know, I know all the, all I know, all the mistakes, just like I know your mistakes. And I paid for his, just like I paid for yours. Put it down. It's not yours. I'm the judge. I'll do it. And he was faithful to do it. You know what happened? Love. Other people will see the love on display that makes no sense. Why do they do that? Why do they unite together? Why do they do that? Because we have have a team captain that's running so fast, I can't catch him. He's perfect. I want to be just like him. So if you're serving communion, why don't you come up? I'm going to lead this straight into communion. When we're, when, we're, when we're not just hearers of the word, but we're doers of the word, that bears testimony to the truth of the gospel and that God intends for our collective stories to be the witness that tells his story. And that story is still changing the world. But I got to tell you, he, the t- he has promised to return. We are to live like it could be today because it literally could be today. I want you to, whatever you're facing, I want you to see it differently when you leave this place. I want you to know that God sees you Over and over in the Psalms, God talks about how he bends low to hear our cries. When we grumble, he cares. Even more so, he's promised to, if you believe in Jesus' sacrifice, he's promised to come and live inside our hearts. So when we go and minister to somebody that needs it, we are literally being the hands and feet of Jesus. When we care and love for each other, it's our united it's our united hearts. It's our united purpose, committing to the, to the plan that our Father has for us. I lay down my will, I pick up my cross, and I'm going to follow you. As we pray before service, even Paul was beaten. They thought he was dead. They dragged him out of the city. He got up. He didn't go, man, I need a couple days, Lord. I'm going to brush out, I'm going to heal his broken arm. He got up and he walked right back into the people that beat him. That's a heart for for those that need to be saved. Do you have that passion for God's story? Because there's purpose in the persistence and the patience. And that's what we're doing today. I wanna take a minute, and I'll give you that minute here in a minute. The cup and the bread that you have before you today, it is a statement. It's a statement, thank you. God said, do this in remembrance of me. What that means is I remember. I remember what you did. I remember the call that you made and I wanna be on your team. I wanna be on your team and I wanna play. And he said, that's not easy. If you're gonna do that, that means you gotta, you got to die to yourself, and you got to pick up your cross. You've got to pick it up, and you're going to have to carry it. Because when the game comes, if you're not ready, you're not ready. The only way to be ready is to persist and be patient and push. Push. And when you struggle, look to your captain, because he's running right next to you going, run harder. Run faster. You can do it. I'll go with you. I'll be with you. So, what we take today, he said, don't forget what I did. Don't forget the example that I put out. I broke my body and I poured out my blood. It was, I didn't want to do this, but I did it because it was my father's one. It's perfect and it brings him joy. When we take this today, this is a statement. This is a statement. Make no mistake about it. So I want, before we do it today, I'm gonna to give you a minute. Your heart, all on its own, not a community. This is, this is you. I want you, I, want you to, I want you to play on the team. I want you to be serious. But that's serious, that comes with a commitment. Take it today. And if you've never, if you've never done it, if you've never done this, if you've, if you've never heard the call, today's your day. Right now, today is the day repent, turn, turn your face to God and he is going to be right there going, ah, daughter, son, I've adopted you. I paid for you with my own blood and by breaking my body. If you've never done that, if you're not sure, spend the next minute and the next 60 seconds of your life going, Lord, I'm sorry for putting you on the cross. And believe. that's all you've got to do. And then we're going to be on the same soccer team in heaven together or not soccer. You know what I mean? We'll be on the same team and you can get busy living, truly living. I'm going to give you a minute. thank you Jesus for being a God that hears and knows there's no way that you know every hair on our head but don't know our grumbles and our strife Lord you are such a good you're such a good God thank you for breaking your body and thank you for pouring out your blood to pay the only payment it is now finished thank you that I can be seen as righteous because of your sacrifice so Lord, I want to be on your team man I want to lay down everything that I have all my plans all, anything that's me I want to put it down and say Lord what do you have what story are you telling I want to be about that if you're making that commitment if you're remaking that commitment i want you to take the body with me i want you to drink the blood with me amen let me pray lord i pray that not at the end of our struggle or at the deliverance from our struggle but during in the middle of whatever we're in right now that you would give us the supernatural foresight To not just see, but understand that we will look back and not say, I was suffering, but say, I was growing. I was blessed. Jesus, you're our example. We should be focused on your coming kingdom. Nothing and no amount of any suffering should take our eyes off of that because you suffered the cross for us. For me. And when you come back, Lord, you're going to be looking for faith. Today, I'm, Lord, we're putting our eyes off of what's been right in front of us and we're putting them back on you where they belong to you, on your story, on your purpose. And we're doing it united, Lord, for your story. Not my will, Father, but yours be done. We remember your sacrifice. And until you until you return, we're declaring as one church, Lord, we believe. Maranatha, Lord, come quickly. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. There was a moment
10: when the lights were out. When death had claimed its victory, the king of love had given up his life, the darkest day in history. There on the cross they made for sinners, for every curse his blood atoned. One final breath and it was finished But not the end we could have known For the earth began to shake And the veil was torn What sacrifice was made
5: as the heavens
10: roll chest um as we're talking about joy. Um, I just I, I want to share something and I'm here to, to be a fool for Christ. Um, uh, but I just want to encourage and, and edify each one of you and um, share a little bit of my testimony. Um, this past March, um, not, not this one, March of 2019, um, my father took his life. And (laughs) I very quickly learned the difference between joy and happiness. Happiness is is a happening, a happy stance. And please show me in scripture where it talks about happiness. (laughs) I'd love to see that. But it talks about joy a lot. Joy and trial and joy and tribulation. And so in, in our Thy will be done moments, in our trials, He's always faithful. Think about it. The very breath in our lungs leaves us the next second. And yet his spirit abides with us constantly. He is steadfast. If there's anything that we've been given that is unshakable, it is his word which will never pass away. So I want to pray that blessing of peace that the Lord has given me over each and every one of you. Lord Jesus,
8: Abba, King, Father, we come unto your blood,
10: Lord. We thank you for your mercy and your grace renewed, Lord Jesus. And we will remember, Lord Jesus, we will remember the trials because it demonstrates your character demonstrates your faithfulness and your love, Lord Jesus, which surpasses all understanding, and yet you tell us you have made us to know your love. So we thank you, Jesus. In your mighty name. Um, I'm going to just pray for
6: Ian. Um, You guys would join with me. Father, I just thank you. Uh, I thank you for this dear brother. I thank you for bringing him to our family and the family of God here at Cornerstone this summer, Lord. I I, uh, thank you for his um, confession of the evidences of your grace in his life and for his challenge for all of us. Lord, we, uh, we live in a broken world and we are broken people you are in the business of making broken things beautiful. Um, and, and you are doing that. Even we, We've been reminded, Daniel's reminder today, that, that, that even our struggles, even, even our um, trials, are, are, not, are not just a, a means to the end, but they are the end because you're the end and you're in them. Lord, so help us, whether it be continuing to work through the pain and the hurt of a a father who took his life, reminding us all that that we would seek you in the midst of our storms, that we would see you walking above the waves of this world and crying out, stop being afraid. I am still the great I am. Lord, as we continue to worship you now, I, I pray that we would seek you not as a means to the end, but as the end that you are, in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can go ahead and have a seat. Um, you know, when we started this church nine years ago, we, um, we did so on a... And it's ironically, Carrie and I were talking and praying as we were driving over here this morning. We did so on really a... a firm belief in things like marriage and the unity in marriage displaying the Godhead. And we just had our marriage retreat this last weekend and family and how the unity of a family and the importance of a family that is distinctly different from the world displays the power of the gospel and how God has morphed that even into what we now call affectionately the family of God, that we are a family but, but I'll tell you, as a dad of three daughters, you know, Kylie just turned 22, and Abby will be 20 pretty soon, and Emma's 19, or 19, wow, you're 19, you're 17, um, she thinks she's 19, and um, as a dad, I, like, I want to hold on to them so tightly, like, but here's the problem with that, if I hold on to them too tightly, they are the end. Whatever I'm holding on, like our family, as much as I love them, I mean, I, people say, what's your hobby? I say they are. Not because they demand stuff of me, because I love being with them. But if I hold them too tightly, they are now the end. Guys, my marriage, our family is a means to the end. It's not the end. Our church is a means to the end. It's not the end. The end is Jesus Christ. I I loved how God moved on Daniel's heart to just convey that over and over. And we want to be about his glory. And his glory is revealed in in this. When I give my daughters away to kingdom work, that's his glory being revealed. And, And so we want to be a people who are multiplying. To do that, we have to be willing to do this. So today we are going to be doing this with one of our families that has been with us for a long time as they go out to do a new work for the Lord. So I would like to ask Chad and Kristen and the whole family to come up and we are going to send them off as a way to say, guys, as, as, hard, I, I, as hard as this is, because relation, we love relationship, we love family, we love we love the family of God, we know that's what. The kingdom work is about. It's about multiplying. And so two years ago, Chad and I were sitting at a uh, Dunkin' Donuts, and this is not a reference to him being a police officer. I chose the location, so this wasn't some backhand, but we were at a, we were at a Dunkin' Donuts, and we were, we were talking about what would it look like to plant a church. We've, been, we've, we've wanted to, from, from before we took our first offering, one of the things we've set money aside for is a church plant and yet that, at that point, seven years into it, we had not planted a church, and we had talked about how his vision that the Lord had given him, he'd been meeting with a group of guys in the Avondale area, going through the toolkit with them and, and his vision was to take a, a smaller group and teach them to be strong disciples of Christ, that they might go out and multiply. So we talked about, like, what would that look like in sort of a house church plant model, and although that's not necessarily what—that's not what we're doing here, it's a good model. So we talked, we, we had a great conversation. We I said, why don't you come and present it to the elders? A few months later, you presented it to the elders. We all left that meeting very excited. And then life happens, and it takes some time. And we But but here's the cool part. In the midst of the waiting, in the midst of the struggle, God does what only God can do. Because as we're kind of talking and having ongoing conversation about just sort of what, what is this going to look like, right? He is also in relationship with Jay Letty, who was one of our elder advisors that was here for a long time, and went back to, and this is the part that is just so like God is so amazing in how he does this, Jay had gone back to West Valley Bible, one of the two churches that helped plant us nine years ago, to help them develop a house church model. And as Chad is, is talking with Jay and talking through that, they are in conversation about how can you come help us so not only are we sending this sweet family like to, to go do the mission of multiplication but they're going to be doing it as we're partnering with them through our parent church like only god can do that right like like it's so much it's not what it's not i, I don't think this was on like our like that wasn't part of our dunkin donuts discussion it didn't have to be because it's better than that, and so I, I just want to encourage. Like, one, we're gonna we're gonna pray over them. We're gonna we're gonna send them off, but or out, but not off, or off, but not out. I don't know which one because we're not really saying goodbye. We're looking forward to the opportunity to hear about what God is doing. How we can partner in that, whether it's joining together for missions or outreach work, whatever it is, as we go along and having you guys come back and share. Here's what God is doing. Because, guys, I'll I'll just be transparent. This idea of sending people out, church planting, is, is done so poorly in the body of Christ. It just is. And and. And, bef- and I and I want you guys to hold me accountable and hold our leadership accountable to do it better, right? And better looks like staying connected as we multiply out on mission. And how do we continue to share the one story that we're all about? And I didn't really say anything to you, so I don't want to put you on the spot. Did you want to share anything? I didn't really tell you you were going to get to, but... Yeah, so I, this is, this is just the Holy Spirit, but, 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 so I, I just want to, before we pray over them, I just want to encourage all of us to be continually, not just praying for them, but being in communication with them. Hey, how's it going? How can we help? Hey, when are you coming to hear, so we can hear a little bit about what God's doing through this ministry, so that we can all celebrate it together, because that's the way it ought to look, Right.
11: So uh, I just wanted to say three quick things. One, uh, there's a miracle this week. If you guys didn't hear, uh, Ramon got baptized on Sunday and then went home wow. to the Lord Friday. So God saved him in the nick of time. So uh, it, was a, it was a miracle that we got to witness and be a part of. And um, for those that don't, don't know, find somebody that went to Mexico and ask them. Uh, the second thing is we're here to humbly ask you to pray for us. And bless us out. Um, We're unplanting, I guess is how we're saying it, (laughs) because we're going back to West Valley, sort of. Um, And then the third thing is just to explain a little bit about what that looks like. So as Doug and I prayed through what a model of home church would look like, the thing that was missing was uh, how that works with oversight. And so West Valley has switched their whole model to the home church because of COVID, which was timely, but their elders are assigned specific groups. And so they go and do ministry in those groups with the leaders of those groups. And so there's oversight, there's eldership, there's everything that we see necessary in the Bible for his church. And so it was just really cool that God put this on our heart two years ago and he did pick Dunkin' Donuts, but I love the coffee there. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) So, um, but to see that come to fruition, so again, to all, all glory goes to God in this, and uh, we just ask that you would pray for us, and don't let us be strangers, don't like duck us at the grocery store. <laughs> so um, we love you guys, and Doug, and I just want to, one thing that I, I share with some people, and I've shared with men, and there's a lot of new faces in this room. Uh, before Doug knew this, and before I was really part of anything, they were doing a men's ministry in the mornings, and this, this uh, study helped me learn how to rightly uh, handle God's word. Now, what I didn't tell you is that I was already a pastor and I already had a master's in theology, but it wasn't until I went through that with Doug that I was able to understand fully how to rightly handle God's word. So your pastor is faithful, and he has taught me more than uh, anything that I've been able to outside of God. So I just want to say thank you, Doug. Thank you, Carrie. For putting up with us quit hitting me it's not funny anymore <laughs> and uh we love you guys
6: thank you guys can um can the leaders come up i know it's kind of weird i know we want to gather around and uh, i just don't want to freak you guys out or um but um if you want to come up so we can lay hands on them if if um you the rest of you would uh feel led if you would just put your hand out towards them um so that we can pray together with them um So let's all pray together. Father, I, um, I will tell you that I don't like this. Um, and it's probably why it hasn't really happened well in nine years, because um, gospel goodbyes are hard. I'm reminded of... Um, how when Paul, who spent two years in Ephesus, he's meeting with the elders and they're sobbing over him. And he is sobbing as, um, as he has to go on to do kingdom work. But this is what it's about. It's about multiplying. It's about releasing. It's about um, being about your mission. It's about, it's about getting on the field and playing. And the field isn't just right here in this one spot. There are people out there who are dying and going to hell, and they need to know about Jesus, and so I thank you for this sweet family. I thank you, like few men I've ever met, Chad has a passion for you and the gospel, and seeing that proclaimed, Lord, and so I want to pray that you would give him clarity of vision, first of all, and how he can help walk with his wife and children and discipling them, and then how he um, already masterfully walks and disciples with other men, but Lord, as he even takes this next step in in partnering with West Valley and and whatever any of that looks like, and with us as we continue to move along together on this journey, Lord, I pray that you would give him great wisdom and insight. I pray that you would give him strength and courage, and Lord, I want to pray for Kristen. I pray that you would... um, just in, in a very supernatural way, help her to help her feel like she's not losing anything because she's not. We all we're all still here. This is a safe place. They're they, they're welcome here all the time. And so, Lord, I pray that you would remind her that not only is she not losing anything, she is gaining, stepping out in faith. And when we get out of the boat and do what even we were challenged to do in our marriage retreat yesterday afternoon, do ministry together. You show up in ways that that we would never see if we stay in the boat. So Lord, um, this is one of those opportunities for them to get out and walk on the water. And so Lord, I pray that they, the kids, um, and even the people that they meet with would fix their eyes on Jesus Christ. The one who's calling them out on the waves. The one who's saying, walk walk to me and I'll walk you back. Lord, I, I pray that you would keep us unified. Lord, I wanna pray that that the enemy hates it. We've heard testimony from lots of different people today during prayer and the message. The enemy hates unity. So he's constantly creating division. There's no place for that here, Lord. I want to pray that you would just keep us unified. That you would do a unifying spirit work. That when there's division in the body, Satan is at work. And so we say in the name of Jesus, go to hell, Satan. You have no place among us. That, even, that we would even, through this, be closer than we've been to this sweet family. But I, because that would give you great glory. Because that makes no sense. And that's why you'll do it. So, Lord, as we continue um, to worship you even now as your people... Um, I pray that we would love on them, that we would ask questions, that we would stay connected, that we would share phone numbers if we don't have them yet, that whatever it looks like, that we can walk with this family as they go about your mission, and that we would see it truly as a celebration, even in the midst of what feels like loss. Lord, most of all, to the end, that it would be that your kingdom would come as your will is being done in this moment on earth as it is in heaven. We pray all of this together in the mighty, majestic, powerful name of the Lion of Judah, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and all God's people said, amen.
1: Amen. All right, please stand and join us in this last song. we have it through august 9th the school that we were meeting in before says we can't go back till at least mid-october so please please be praying that god provides some place to meet um, be on the lookout for some exciting news about what we're going to be doing for discipleship groups in the fall um, information on that is coming soon the groups start the first week of september so september seventh. Uh, keep praying about how you might be better connected to the body of christ by serving at the cornerstone Next week is Committing to Your Commitments, James 5, 12, one verse, pretty easy. Our sending passage is Matthew 16, 24 to 28. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or What shall a man give in return for his soul? For so the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of the Father, and then he'll repay each person according to what he has done. Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Alright, you guys are dismissed. Have a great week. Be
2: cool.
3: Fun mistakes are fun. No, not fun mistakes happen today. Exactly. That's the fun, That's the not fun ones. The very last. Hey, brother. <laughs> hey,
2: brother. <sharp inhale>